This is the Christmas Eve edition of The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Here's what you need to know. We're recording this episode in Syracuse, New York, and our hotel is, for the most part, quiet, with the exception of the three kids who are running back and forth outside of our room. So you might hear them. They might be on the show. I don't know, but it's Christmas, and everyone's very excited, so we can't. You know, yeah, we're not, not going to tell them to pipe down. Right. They, they are staying in a hotel. They're not staying in a podcast studio. So they're allowed to make noise. Uh, they, they So I just wanted to say that. So you didn't think that you were crazy if you heard kids' voices in the background of the show and thought you were losing it. It's the ghost of children on this episode of The Upside. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for attentive flight attendants. We'll explain why in just a second. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for Delta. For the first time ever, I got to witness a person being thrown off a flight for intoxication, but I didn't really witness it because I was dozing off. Well, that and the Delta um, staff was handling it so classy and professionally that we were probably some of the only people that noticed because we noticed this guy before we got on the plane. We took the first flight out. We're in Syracuse uh, hanging out with my dad and we took the first flight out of Atlanta yesterday to Syracuse. The, the boarding time was 845. So we got to the gate about 15 minutes early and were greeted by this dude with, I called him Fabio. He, he looks like, he looked like Fabio. Straight blonde hair. Every Tan. other, yeah. Every other thing he was saying was the F word. Which it really already irritated me because when you're around, I don't know. I don't know why I have this thing, but to me, it's really rude to do that in front of children and also in front of like older people. Like you just don't cuss a lot. And it was like every other word that, and he, and and this is going to sound like a weird thing, but I think that really profane profanity shouldn't happen before lunch. Well, and that he was in first class because he was talking. We knew this because he was talking very loudly about how bummed he was that he left the Sky Lounge only to find out that it was only pre-board and not first class boarding. So, and that, and that meant he missed out on getting one more drink. So he convinced his buddy to go back in there and have a beer super quickly. It was literally 8.40 in the morning. So he came back and then he was even more, he must've done a shot or something. He was like even more drunk than he was before. Every other word was the F word. And I said to Jeff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not going to be good. And I almost said something to the gate agent, but I was like, no, no, they'll handle it. Like they're professionals. They see a bajillion people a day. They'll figure it out. So they they made an announcement uh, as the, flight was about to push back and said, we're just waiting uh, to get topped off on fuel. The airport's very busy. So they're a little backed up right now, but we'll be pushing back in about 10 minutes. And then 
I there was just a little enough of a commotion for Callie to to nudge me and go, "Hey, look!" And I saw the flight at one flight attendant was like he was just like he was playing the role of security. Like I think they had gotten the guy out into the jetway, mm-hmm. and the one flight attendant was basically standing there, so he didn't come back on the plane. And I'm assuming there's a security guard or a police officer nearby as well. But the other flight attendant was was mad, like almost like, I can't believe we got to delay the plane for this. Where's his bag? Is this his bag? Like asking the other people. She's like, which bag is this? This one? Okay. But it was, it wasn't even a commotion. It was just, I happened to open my eyes as he, like I saw the back of his head walking away and I was like, well, that was weird. And then I was like, and nobody seemed to notice. And they just already made gracefully. They already made the announcement that the boarding doors had closed. So I and guess fuel is is code for we got to get this guy off the flight. But it was really, I mean, I said to Jeff, I'm like, this is how viral videos start of people going crazy. Like this guy was, yeah. But Jeff did say the upsidey part of it. I was very proud of Jeff Dollar. He's like, you know what? We don't know what this guy's going through. Like he could be having the worst day. Like he could be going through a divorce. He could be like, who knows what this guy's been through. Like he's just, he might just be having a bad day. Yeah, we, I mean, we gave him some grace for that, but we did, I, I did see one of the flight attendants hold up like a half drunk, one of those little airline bottles like yeah. in his direction and then, she, and then he, to show it to him. And then he obviously said something and she responded with, that's not correct because we haven't served anyone yet. So my guess is he tried to swipe one of those from the galley. I will say our flight was going from Atlanta to Syracuse, New York. Upstate, small town, New York, not Vegas, not Los Angeles, not somewhere. So there's not a whole lot you can do before 10 a.m. in Syracuse. So I don't know what he was thinking he was walking into. <laughs> we, we had a message on our in our Facebook group um, about because you said it was very upsidey that that I said, well, look, we don't know what this guy is going through. Somebody posted in our Facebook group about a really bad customer service interaction they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they 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 went into a Walmart to get a video game and the person working there, even though the website said that there were 10 of them in stock, the person working there had no interest in looking in the locked cabinet or looking in the back room to mm-hmm. find one of these 10. And our upsider said she was proud of herself because she just left the store started calling around, found found this item that she wanted at a nearby Target, mm-hmm. but didn't th- come down and think terrible things about that employee. Instead, almost offered up a, some good energy and a prayer saying, hey, this woman's obviously reached her capacity at dealing with people this holiday right. season. I'm going to cut her some some slack. So, and, okay, and, and it, our... Nate, we're in Syracuse. Our new friend, Tom, and his wife, Verna, who live across the street from my dad and are taking great care of him, bringing him food and keeping him company. And they- I mean, we don't mean bringing him like one casserole. We mean every single day he comes over and he's like, did you eat lunch today? Here's some dinner. Right. Like making sure the man is fed. So he says... And he's just started now listening to the upside. And he's like, look, I don't know if it's y'all in, in, in your community and the messages that I'm hearing at the end of your show and all this stuff. But for the first time since living in this neighborhood, I left a holiday gift for my mailman. Mm-hmm. 
And I had a gift card. This is actually a really sweet story because he told my dad this. He found a gift card for the neighborhood grocery store and there was left and he used it to buy his groceries and there was money left over on it. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to leave this with you to the cashier. And if somebody comes through the line who is a little bit short or looks like they're struggling, use this gift card to help them out. And I'm doing this in honor of Donna Dollar. Yeah. And he's like, that's not like me. I don't do that. <laughs> My dad told Jeff's us that. like he got bit by the upside bug. Like totally did. Awesome. My dad told us that story. and He was so touched by that gesture. And I don't even think my dad knows half of the do it for Donna posts. Yeah. I'm going to compile them all and they're going to blow him out of the water. You should make him like a book. I'm going to do that with like, yeah, I'm going to do something with it. Speaking of my dad, I brought my, the Christmas cookies, my mom's uh, sugar cookie recipe with the Christmas, you know, the red and green icing on it. Mm -hmm. I brought some up to him and handed one to him with bated breath for him to try it. And he says that it passes approval. It tastes as good as mom's and that mom would also approve of it. I'm so. also going to take that as a slight compliment to me as I was the official taste tester. You did every, every time it, the, making the icing. I remember my dad was always in charge of making the icing and he would mix the, the confectioner sugar, the powdered sugar mm -hmm. with milk. And then he would just add drop by drop almond extract. Like that stuff is strong. Yeah. He would put like two drops in, stir it, taste it. You make it up, need a little more, put one more drop in. I even, I vaguely remember him using a toothpick, like dipping mm -hmm. the toothpick in the almond extract and then stirring it into the, because you just need a tiny little hint of the flavor. And apparently I nailed it. He was proud of it. So Jeff totally nailed it. It so was, there was a saga um, in our house. Well, not a saga. So Jeff has been a little out of it the past couple of weeks. Understandably, it's been um, kind of a hard couple of weeks to say the least. And um, so he's been just a little out of it. So he calls me into the kitchen while he's making his sugar cookies and says, you're going to think I'm crazy, but just hear me out. Okay. And I was like, all right. And he said, I think that our spatula has disintegrated into the sugar cookie dough. If you may, if you, if you're a baker, you know that with a sugar cookie, the first step is to take a lot of sugar and dissolve it in a lot of butter. And you make, um, I think it's called creaming. You cream the sugar and the butter okay. together and you, it, you just make this. It's the first thing that you do. And so I have a stand mixer and I had made, I was creaming the sugar and the butter together. And then I used a spatula to scrape the edge of the bowl. I shut the mixer off, use a spatula to scrape the edge of the bowl, you know, knock the stuff in there and then mix it again. And when I picked the spatula up again, the first half inch of the spatula was missing. And I mean, it looks like it had been like <laughs> severed off, like with another, with a knife. And I said to Jeff, I'm like, Jeff, I think probably this happened in the dishwasher or something like that. And I think that you probably thought that you saw 
the tip of it on there when you pulled it out, but I don't think that you did. I think you're really tired. And Jeff's like, no, 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 I'm not crazy. It disintegrated into the sugar cookie dough. So Jeff and, and I, I have knives and, and we're going through the dough little part by part. It's not even the dough. It's, it's the butter sugar mixture. I was on my hands and knees after that on the floor looking for everything. I thought maybe it broke off and one of the dogs took it. So we were like looking around the house. Don't see it. I'm like, and Jeff, I think you're just tired. You're exhausted. I think it, there was not not a tip on the spatula. Like it, it doesn't exist. And I was abs. I was so absolutely certain there was, I retraced all of my steps. I'm like, here are the five different places where I would have noticed a missing tip. And you're like, Jeff, you are sleepy. And so you talked to me into being crazy. So you convinced me that I was losing my mind. I did. And then we go on with our day, whatever. He lets the dough sit in the fridge. We go to bed. We wake up the next morning. I'm at work. Jeff is up early making cookies, rolling out the dough and sends me a text with a picture attached. And it is a picture of the rolled out dough with a clump of dough next to it. And inside the clump of dough is the tip of the spatula. No idea how it broke off. No idea why we didn't find it the day before, but I'm happy that I found it before I put those cookies in the oven and possibly set the house on fire cooking a spatula tip. Anyways, so you're not crazy. I'm sorry that I doubted you. And I'm sorry that I thought that you were tired and sad. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and we did not tell dad that story because you know what? He doesn't need to know every detail of the debacle that was making mom's Christmas cookies because they were never that complicated when she made them. Speaking of parents, Callie claims that Callie alleges, probably just her trying to make me feel crazy again, that I made her mom cry earlier this week. My mom said that you made her cry. I don't believe that. I think you and her are just being dramatic. No, because I said something to you probably two years ago about this. Jeff has never said my mom's name. He doesn't call. He's never any. He gets close enough to address her so he doesn't have to say her name. And it's the weirdest thing. I've never heard you say my mom's name. And I've never, I remember you bringing it up, but I, I think it, like, I don't think I use anyone's name. Do I? You say my dad's name. But like, I would never say, Hey, Greg. I think you've said that. Really? Yeah. So what would I say to get your mom's attention? You would just walk close to her and say, Hey, do you want me to like, you wouldn't, you've never addressed my mother head on ever. And so it's the weirdest thing. And we've been together for almost eight years. Never. And how did I make her cry? Uh, The other day he's, I don't know what the context was. I can't remember, but you said K and she was like, oh my God, he just said my name. So she has spent the the past five plus years thinking, I don't know. I'm unsure of her name. No, I, she knows, you know, her name, but she, you just, for whatever reason have never addressed her. And it's the weirdest thing. So when you finally said her name eight years into our relationship, she cried. That's so it's odd on two fronts. One that, that that's something that she noticed and is so connected to. And two, that I have never once used her name. I'm now I'm going to be so self-conscious about it. So would you like to say her name now? K. Okay. K. Okay. K. <laughs> is this okay? K. <laughs> and there you go. Okay. 
All right, Audible is the gift that you can give yourself. We want to say thank you to them for being one of our partners this week. Audible, right now, at this point in time, is giving you an opportunity to gift yourself a three-month subscription to Audible for over 50% off. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals that you're not going to hear anywhere else. You can listen to these at any time, at any place, anywhere on the Audible app. So whether you're at the gym, you're commuting, during your holiday travels, wherever, and it's only $6.95 a month. That's half off the regular price, but you got to go to audible.com slash the upside. That's audible.com slash the upside or text the upside to 500-500 and get a link to download the Audible app and cash in on that subscription right to your phone. Audible.com slash the upside or text the upside to 500-500. When it comes to building a better mattress, Brooklyn Bedding literally owns it. American made in their very own state-of-the-art factory in Arizona, where they build a mattress just for you. Two brothers, John and Rob Merwin, started out 25 years ago in Phoenix, learning everything there is to know about building a quality sleep solution. When John's wife, Kristen, encouraged him to expand nationwide, he took a calculated risk, pioneering the bed in a box and shipping his first mattress online in 2008. Today, every mattress they sell is handcrafted on demand and delivered directly to your door. Why are they called Brooklyn Bedding when they're based in Phoenix? The company is actually named after their second child. As a family-owned company, they always take your sleep experience personally. Every mattress comes with a 120-night free trial and a 10-year warranty. As one of our loyal listeners, you get 25% off site-wide that includes all mattresses and sleep accessories. Use promo code UPSIDE25. They'll include free shipping with that. Shop brooklynbedding.com to get your best sleep ever at a factory direct price. All right, we got to, as long as we're on a parent's theme, we got to talk about Callie's dad and the stocking SOS that he is going to throw this Christmas. But before we do that, a real quick congratulations to Liz Bowling. She won the first $500 Brown and Company Jewelry Store gift certificate. So uh, that's important for two reasons. One, if you know her, congratulate her. Maybe she'll get you something nice. Two, that's right, I said the first because Brown and Company loves y'all so much, they're actually going to give us four more to give away in the month of January. So if you don't get exactly what you want under the Christmas tree, make sure you're listening to this show in January because we have $2,000 to spend at Brown and Company Jewelers to give away in the month of January right here on The Upside. Now, I might be exempt from this this year because I'm not in Atlanta, but usually... Christmas Eve or two days before Christmas Eve, like Christmas Eve, Eve, I am getting a text and I get it every single year from my dad saying, Hey girls, do you guys have any more stocking stuffers for mom? I think we need a few more every year. Your family is very aggressive with the stockings. What do you mean? Very. I traditionally in my family and in my existence up to knowing your family, stockings have been some candy, like unwrapped like candy and treats, like peanut M&Ms mm-hmm. and Hershey Kisses and maybe like homemade cookies, like in a Ziploc baggie or whatever, and two or three small gifts that will fit in a stocking. Mm-hmm. Your family 
cram so much stuff into a stocking. It's impressive. We do. Like it reminds me of that old school uh, commercial where the woman's pulling stuff out of her purse and she like pulls a full pizza out. Yeah, we do that. A a four foot long sub and a a six pack of beer and everything. It's impressive how much stuff you put into a stocking. The rigs are into stockings. My mom really really does it right. We use the stockings from my dad's parents. They passed probably, what do we say? In like 20, I don't know, like 19 years, not 19 years ago. That would make me really old. Anyways, they passed a long time ago. So we've been using- It would make you what, in your 40s? Mm -hmm. Like 46, probably. That's not really old. (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyways, they passed a long time ago. So we've been using um, my, the stockings that were at their house for- as long as I can remember. And my mom, when she was engaged to my dad, my grandmother asked her what kind of stocking that she wanted because she was joining the family and stockings were something that my dad's family did. Um, She said that she wanted actually literal stockings as in like tights so she could have two legs of presents. So my mom cheats because she asked for two legs. So every single year, my mom gets two legs of, of presents because she wanted stockings when my parents were engaged. So that's why your dad is putting out the SOS is because he has two, essentially two stockings to fill for yeah. your mom. Mm-hmm. So why don't you guys just knot one of those legs off? Because there's no fun in that. It's all part of the tradition. Okay. Appreciate the tradition for what it is. Part, the, part of the scramble is that well if your dad was smart he would 100 percent to reach out to you because you'll be flying home on christmas day and who has better stocking stuffers than those little airport gift shops that's true the problem is it costs five times as much as it would in a you know walgreens or something but there's a huge tremendous selection i'm just impressed that i haven't gotten that text but maybe it's different because we're out here so maybe it's like doesn't even feel like christmas because i haven't gotten that text from my dad George's Own Credit Union is one of our partners this week. If you are ready to bank somewhere where your success is part of their success, then you want to bank with George's Own Credit Union. They're like a regular financial institution, but with a super important twist. They're a cooperative owned by members like you, which means you're going to get better rates, fewer fees, and the assurance of knowing that you and your goals are what matter most. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a credit card, a money market account, a mortgage, they got you covered. So join 180,000 of your friends and neighbors by making the switch to Georgia's Own today. Go to georgiasown.org. Georgia's Own Credit Union Banking on Purpose. Georgia's Own, federally insured by the NCUA. Thank you to Lola for sponsoring this week's shows. Lola is a feminine care subscription box that you can have shipped right to your house. And if you, you've been thinking about trying them out, they're giving you a special offer. Right now, you can get 30% off of a trial set. Trial sets are $5. You're going to get 30% off that when you go to mylola.com and enter upside to redeem your offer. So you can get a test run of all the products that you've been thinking about trying before you commit. 30% off your $5 trial set today. Go to mylola.com, enter the code upside. While Callie and I are visiting with my dad here in Syracuse, there is a mystery unfolding back in Atlanta. I have no idea how this is going to go, to be totally honest. Do you know? I have no idea. I keep checking my phone. Callie's mom and dad are keeping an eye on our dogs while we're gone. And they went over to the house yesterday at three in the afternoon. Everything was fine. They went over at eight in the evening 
and a tree that was in our front yard, kind of close to the road, has been cut down. It looks... It looks like it fell. It was cut down. I mean, it was it was in our driveway, blocking our driveway. Someone sawed it with a chainsaw and moved it so it wasn't blocking our driveway and then just left it. So, I, So the mystery is who cut it away from the driveway. The only answer I think that we have to that is our next door neighbors who, who don't like us. We don't. Well, here's the thing. One, they have both of our cell phone numbers. So it's weird that it's something like a tree would fall and they would just think, Oh, I'm just going to chop it up and move it out of their driveway. Why? That's a very, honestly, that's a very neighborly thing to do. But the neighborly thing to do would be to text and say, Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Um, and I don't think that our landlord would have done that without letting us know. Cause he's very like, he communicates. He's a great communicator with me and Jeff. And I think he's traveling because I'm, I'm texting him and normally I get the blue Apple responses right. and I'm getting the green text message responses. So I think he might be traveling. So I don't, but I disagree with you. If I saw a tree blocking a neighbor's driveway I and I had the equipment, I would chop Without that up. Without saying anything. Yeah, why would you say anything? I don't know. The only reason they would do that is if they knew we were out of town and if they knew we didn't know about that. Not true. If I saw... It's weird. If I was over at your parents' house and I don't know any of your parents' neighbors and I saw a tree come down across their driveway, somebody across the street, especially right at the end of the driveway so you couldn't even turn in and I had a chainsaw available... I would say I'm going to go out there and cut that so they can at least get in their driveway. I and don't I know. And why would I leave a note or anything? I bet that if they did that, it was because it was also in their driveway and they're very particular about their yard. So I bet they were doing theirs and, and it was probably like the guy next door. And he was like, oh, I'll just like make their whatever. I just find it weird that they have our cell phone and they wouldn't say, hey, a tree fell down. But why would we can see it? It's down. <laughs> like they don't have to text us. I don't know. I just think it's weird that they. I, I, my bet is that it's our neighbors. But here's the other like hitch in this is that our landlord told Jeff, hey, sometime soon we're going to be cutting that tree down because I have to remove it. Like it's too close to the street or some city problem or something like that. So just FYI. But he's usually a guy that's like, hey, is tomorrow at 2 p.m. Just okay. so you know, Callie is saying and doing anything she can do to avoid it being the neighbors. Oh. And I'm telling you, it was our neighbors. But it's going to be, I just want to know. But so if it's, it's our neighbors, we might not ever know. Well, we'll have to because we'll have to ask them if they cut the tree. You will have to if ask If it's them. not the landlord, then it's our neighbors and we have to ask them. You have to ask them. Thank you for listening to The Upside with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you've subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. One of the big things that we talk about here on The Upside is to never give up, to always stay true to your mission. And that was never more true than a few years ago when Callie and I decided to make her grandmother's fudge. So we made it and it didn't come out right. 
So we made it six more times. And Literally it, six times. And it didn't come out. Seven out of seven times, it came out grainy or runny or not right. So finally, before we went in for batch number eight, Callie calls her grandmother and learns one very important fact. You can't make fudge in the rain. Actually, you can't make, you're not supposed to make any sort of candy in the rain because it's too humid or something like that. So I did a little research this year about like why, because one of my coworkers didn't believe me. I'm like, he's a scientist. I'm like, I swear to you, it's a thing. Apparently, if it's like more than 35% humidity, your candy will not set right. That includes fudge, right? So we get, it's been raining in Atlanta. I didn't have time to make it. I'm thinking, I'll make it in Syracuse while we're here because it's not raining here. It's actually quite nice. Look up the humidity. It's 66%. Ah. So I don't think it'll work anyways, even though it's not technically raining outside because they think it's too quote unquote humid, which is funny because it doesn't feel humid at all. So the, so the story, the, the end story of this is never give up unless it's your grandmother's rule. Then give up because she's right. She's always right. Other people, how you want to be treated. Don't be bossy and always be respectful to your parents, too. Love you. Bye.